The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. is going to be awesome. We have some candy we're about to pass out. Uh, Robert and Dennis, go for it. So if you don't like candy, uh, just bow your head and act really serious and spiritual and they'll ignore you. Um, otherwise, there's candy going out, which has a, a significant part of the service uh, that we're going to talk about. Uh, it's peanut M&Ms. Who likes peanut M&Ms? Okay. Who doesn't like peanut M&Ms? Just shh. Don't say a word. Don't say a word. It's like the candy my wife loves. I like just the regular chocolate ones, but they are good. Okay, here we go. I'm going to jump in. And am I connected up there? We got a verse? Perfect. Okay, so as these go out, I'm going to tell you guys a story and why we're using M&Ms. Okay, my daughter, Alicia, when she was in school, I believe this was the third grade, she went to school with a girl whose name will be nameless, uh, because of what she did, which is terrible. But for the whole year, my daughter would go to lunch with her, and they would sit at the table next to each other, and the girl, towards the end of lunch, would always pass her a bag of peanuts. And my daughter was like, thank you. And so this girl really liked her. Like, she's like, this is a really good friend. Like, she likes me. Like, she gives me peanuts every day. And so she would always eat the peanuts, and this was her friend. And they went through almost the whole year that way. And then one day she looks over and she sees the girl taking something out of her mouth. And she looks at it and she's trying to figure out what it is. And then she watches her turn to the side and put it into the bag of peanuts. And then she looks closer and realizes that on this side she has peanut M&Ms. It's a true story. And all year she's been sucking the chocolate off and then putting the peanuts in another bag and giving the peanuts to my daughter. How many of you have done that to someone before? Ushers, escort them out. Get them out of here. We don't want that. And she realized this was not what I thought it was. Like this, this was not as good as I thought, as I imagined. And so we're going to talk about love. Our, our conversation this whole month is loving people. You know, that's our motto, love God, love people. And then live like we actually mean it. Right? It's not just slow. Like we're going to live like we actually mean this. So we talked a little bit about loving people last week. We're talking about it again. Kyle and Jenna will be sharing on it next week. But today we're going to go to John 15, and we're going to start out with verses 7 and 8. And it says, if you abide in me, this is Jesus talking. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So we're talking about like genie in the bottle stuff here, right? God says, whatever you want, ask me, it's yours. Right? How many of you ever heard kind of that thing? Man, just ask God, it's yours. Right? And then you ask God and your neighbor got it. Right? Lord, I want this promotion. Oh, the guy at work got it. God, I need this. And it's like, where is this? Why isn't this happening? And so obviously, if that's what you've done and thought, that something along the lines was missed because you're praying for what God's supposed to give you. And this verse says whatever you ask, it'll be done. But it's not happening. So what's wrong? 
Well, part of the problem is that we sometimes learn things in church or we learn things from others that really is just a peanut. It's not the whole thing, right? We were given something that God originally made one way, and he said, here it is, this is the whole. And somebody did us the favor of taking off the shell and taking off the outside and then just giving us the part that they thought mattered. And we missed the rest of it. And we don't find out till later, oh, this whole time I've been thinking it was this, but really this is what God was trying to do. And we miss out on something that God had for us. So we're going to learn what it really means and what God's trying to do in answering our prayers and what God's trying to do in showing us his love. And that's what we're focused on today. So it goes on, it says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove, prove means that you actually show evidence of, right? Prove that you're my disciples. Prove. So you know what? We baptized you and you came out of the water. Now do you know what? Go out and prove that you're his disciples. Prove that you're part of God's family, not by doing everything perfect, because we know we can't. We still fail. You know, I know some of you fought on your way to church, and then you parked and said, okay, clean your face up. Your mascara's running. Why are you crying? Because you're a jerk. Just please wipe it off. We're going into church. People need to think I'm a good husband. I know that's true. But it's not because we're perfect. It's because we trust in what God has done for us, and then we move on to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to try to change. I'm going to try to be better next time. This time we didn't stop fighting until we parked. Next time I'm going to start, try to stop fighting when we're up here on Gaddis Road. Eventually we might stop fighting. Lord, we're just trying to move forward and get better. Help us to change. Help us to be more like you. I'm trying to grow. The daughter that we adopted has the worst balance of any kid that's ever been born. And she keeps bruising her head and getting these huge knots on her forehead, mainly because Sheila won't make a special bumper for her forehead, which I hate to put you on the spot, but this is, she needs a bumper, a pretty one. So she looks good and she can take pictures, but she's safe. A bike helmet's just too odd for photos. And so she trips, she falls, but guess what? We have to let her because otherwise she won't grow, she won't walk, right? In my desire to protect her, I can't strap her to a chair. And then now, next thing you know, she's like 21, getting married, and we got to wheel her down the aisle because we never let her walk. We're trying to keep her safe. It doesn't work that way. Well, it doesn't work that way with us. God lets us grow into being more like him as we follow him, but it happens through a whole lot of falling down, getting back up, encouraging each other. Loving each other doesn't mean when someone falls down, we walk around and go, ha, ha, look at you. Look at you. I'm still standing. Right? We don't mock my daughter when she falls. We pick her up and we try to help her. That's God's heart. Okay? But we have to still prove to be his disciples. So going on, John 15, 9 through 10, it says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. As the Father has loved me. That's a pretty high standard. We're talking about Jesus and the Father. We're talking about a love that is so intense and so complete and so inseparable that Jesus says, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. I and the Father are one. There's such a connectedness, such a completeness, such an inseparableness. That's what he's talking about. And when he's talking to us, he's saying, do you know what? Love that way. Love with an inseparable love. Love when it hurts. Love when you don't understand. Jesus had a time like that. 
Jesus was in the garden getting ready to go to the cross, and he prayed, and he says, does it have to be like this? Is there a different way? And he said, not my will, but yours be done. So even when we don't understand, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when we lose a loved one, even when we go through a difficulty with a child or with a parent, or when we have a sickness that we don't understand, it's this inseparable love, and that we're supposed to not only have that for God and God have that for us, but then we begin to have it for each other. Boy, that person offended me. I'm going to forget that friendship. I'm out. Okay, well, that's not a love like his. That's a love like ours. Right? I'm done. That's a love like culture. Everyone gets canceled. Right? I thought I was in. Well, you're out. Well, why am I out? Because somebody said something or we saw something and you're, you're out. You're done. But we're talking about a love that's complete. It's together. And he says, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. The love of God has structure. If you're a parent or if you're in a marriage or if you've ever been in, in some type of a team where the, you really were together and you worked together in the military, something like that, and you bonded together and you begin to love each other, you know what? Structure helps give a place of safety where people can really experience love. Because you know kind of the parameters. You know what's going on. And within that structure, you care for each other. You build each other up. It keeps you safe. It allows you to be able to express yourself and know, you know what? I can express myself. They're not going to run away. Why? Because they're my parent. They'll still be here. Or that's my spouse. We're, they're stuck. We're going to have to work it out. Like structure creates a place where we can be free to care. And so he's saying that you have to follow my commandments. God gave commandments. He gave things for us to do. He gave us ways to live. Within those, it allows us and defines and teaches us how to love each other and how to care for each other. It goes on in verse 11. It says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. When God brings his love and then he brings structure, it's not in order to crush your life and take the fun out of your life and say, oh, my life's awful now. Can't believe I have to do this. Once I started following Jesus, like, I can't just do whatever I want. Well, it's because within that, he's showing, hey, if you live within this, I'm going to bring real joy. You know, I used to love to be a drinker, right? Well, you take away drinking, well, I guess you're no fun. Well, I found out that I was missing a lot while I thought I was having fun. I was missing a lot that God had for me in relationship with my wife, in relationship with my kids, in all types of things. And I didn't have an awareness of what I was missing. And so I thought, you know, if I get rid of this, I have nothing. But the truth was, if I get rid of this, I can actually be aware and see and have everything that God has given me. But I couldn't see it. When we get lost in things, you have a bitterness and you're holding on to it. It's like, oh, I don't want to forgive. I'm holding on to this bitterness. And God's like, let go of that and love. You're like, I can't because if I don't have this, I'm just going to lose everything. But it's the bitterness that's keeping your heart from opening back up in order to love the other people that God's put in your life. But that person will never come back. Maybe they won't. But if you hold on to that loss, guess what? You won't have anything for the one that God's given you now. And so God's trying to develop through this structure and through love for us to be able to love each other, care for each other, and to bring joy. And that's his plan. That's what he wants to do. And so he tells us in this next verse, this is my commandment, that you love one another, right? There's another place where Jesus talks, and he says there's two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And he said the second one is just like it. 
equal. Love your neighbor as yourself. But notice the words in this verse are a little bit different. It's another time when he's talking. He doesn't say it like that. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another. He doesn't say love others as yourself here. He actually now goes even a step beyond that. How many of you have ever been mad at yourself? Right? Oh, I hate myself. Can't believe I did that. Oh. Love for ourselves is very, it's very self-serving, and we try to always do the best for ourselves. I want the best piece of pie. I want the best this. I want that. I want the promotion, not that guy. I want this. We're always thinking that cop pulls you over. I got pulled over this last week. The guy said, is your wife Carrie? Because we're looking for her. No, that's, that's not what happened. <laughs> I got pulled over. Apparently, a headlight was out. And I look at the thing, and, you know, whenever you get pulled over, you think, man, these cops, don't they have anything better to do? Like, isn't there crime happening? Like, isn't someone getting abused or assaulted right now, and they should be there, but they're wasting their time giving me a ticket? I who's ever thought of that kind of thing? Like, is this where our money's going? Defund the police. I'm on for it right now at this moment. But then some other guy sits too long at a red light when it turns yellow, and then it goes green, yellow, and back to red, and he sits too long, and you miss the light, and what's your first thought? Someone should arrest him. Not even a ticket. You're like straight to jail. Get him out. That's how you think, right? And so sometimes we love ourselves much more than other people. That's true. But Jesus is going to a different level here, even beyond that. He says, to love others as I have loved you. That's deeper. That's bigger because Jesus loved us not because we did good, not because we made it. The Bible says while we were yet sinners that he died for us. God doesn't love me now because I pastor the beat church. God doesn't love me because we adopted a girl. God doesn't love me because I'm there and I try to take care of my kids. God doesn't love me because of any of the things I've done that are different than the old person that I was. Because when God came and found me and God showed his love to me, I was that person. And he loved me enough to come and get me and say, I care about you. I love you. I'm going to change you. Walk with me. Let's do this. That's the kind of love that he has. And so when he tells us to love others as ourself, what he's really saying is to, as, as he loved us, is he's saying, do you know what? Go love them at their worst. They're not treating me well. Once they change their attitude, then I'll love them. Once they tell me sorry, then I'll care about them. Well, it tells us in the Bible in Romans 12, it says to bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. It says to love your enemies. So this is what I want you to do, to love and to care for people, not when they're at their best, but even when they're at their worst. But what if they never return it? You know, Jesus hung on the cross, and there was people there that were actually killing him at the time. And the Bible records that his words were, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. It was in the midst of it, he was still trying to love and pour it out. It ran all the way through him. God wants us to love each other that way. So what does that look like? John 15, 15, it says, I no longer do, I, I no longer call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. So he's saying, look, I'm telling you what this is all about. I'm telling you how to do this. I'm telling you 
the bigger picture. And so how did Jesus love? He disclosed it to us. He shows us. Well, all through the Bible, here's some things that he did. I'm going to read you off some quotes because we think about his commandments and the things he wants us to do. Part of the way that God loved us is that he taught us a higher standard. Love is not just permission. Love has structure. Well, I love you. Well, you're doing something wrong. Well, that's okay. I love you. Right? Like, why do you discipline kids? Why when you go, it, why did your parents discipline you when you were a kid? Well, you learned later it's because they love you. Right? Hopefully. They're trying to help you. They're trying to build you up. They're trying to encourage you. They're trying to show you the way to go. This is how you do it. And so Jesus is showing some things here. The Bible says in the original Ten Commandments, it says don't commit adultery. Jesus said, we've heard it say don't commit adultery, but I'm telling you, if you even are lusting after someone else, that you're committing adultery in your heart. Well, I thought he loved us. I thought he was just going to like make everything okay. No, he loves us by first caring for us in the broken mess that we are. And then once he picks us up, he says, okay, now this is how you walk. This is the right way. Well, I keep, I keep falling into adultery. I keep falling into these relationships. And he says, okay, I'm going to teach you how to walk. Why is this? You're dealing with it here, but let's go all the way back to your heart and deal with it. Let's change how you view people. Let's change how you care for them. And guess what? You won't find yourself in those situations. And so he brings the truth back. He says, live at a higher standard. Another one. The Bible says, you know, in the original Ten Commandments, it says, don't steal. Okay, well, what Jesus had to say about that? He talks about, you know, if your enemy, if somebody comes and says, give me your coat or whatever, give it to him. They say, carry this. Go an extra mile. Not just don't steal, but actually give. Be generous. Do more. Even to people who are against you. Give more. Do more. Keep helping. Talks about not lying. You know, don't lie. Okay, well, Jesus comes and talks to us. It's not just not lying. It's like, okay, don't say the wrong thing. But Jesus actually says that we are a light, and we're not supposed to hide our light under a bushel, which means what? We're supposed to be out, and we're supposed to speak. We're supposed to talk. We're supposed to share the truth. So not only not lie, but actually share and, tr- and, and speak truth. It's a different standard. It's not just shut up and don't lie, but it's what are you going to do in its place? How are you going to build up? It says don't murder. Well, Jesus had something to say on that too. Jesus said, you know what? If you look at your brother and you call him Raka, which just means like a fool, like you're worthless, he said you've committed murder in your heart. So he's saying, do you know what? Eventually this starts to manifest out into this, and you start to live like that. You continue to, to have bitterness and hatred towards this person. Eventually it starts to come out of your mouth, out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, and eventually you start to do those things to harm people. And he's like, let's go a step back and let's deal with your heart. So Jesus, in love, real love, he keeps on raising the standard of how to live. Okay, so that's why we can look at it and say, do you know what? I'm trying to be religious. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to go to church. I'm trying to do all this stuff. And I just find myself frustrated. Like I'm trying to control my actions and my actions won't change. I keep going back. Doing the same thing over and over and over again. Well, that's because somebody gave us a peanut and didn't give us the whole entire truth. The truth was that God doesn't want us to just change our outside actions. God wants to get into our heart 
And he wants to create a different heart, a different mindset, a different way of loving that deals with how we think about people, how we feel about people, how we interact here before it ever gets out there. John 15, 15 leads into, after he talks about that, he says, Don't, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So God's calling us to produce something. And he says, so whatever you ask the Father, now here's, this goes back to the, where we started. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So in between these two statements, right, whatever you ask the Father, I'll give it to you. And then here at the end, whatever you ask the Father, I'll give it to you. Right, there's a whole section in there about love, about loving one another, caring for one another, about loving as he loved, about abiding in his love, about keeping his commandments, about walking out the life that God's called you to live. And that's the whole picture of the truth that he's trying to paint. It's not just, oh, God, I'm going to ask you for things and you give them to me. And it's not just, okay, God, I'm telling those people that I love them, but they're doing good to me, and I'm just going to try to make a decent relationship. The whole truth he's trying to give is that if you'll really walk with me, I'm going to bring all the things into your life that you think that you need, the things that you really need. I'm going to take care of you, but I need you to follow and walk and do things the way that I'm telling you to do them, and then I need you to really love people and to walk with them. That's how he loved us. And then... He said to love others the way that I love you, which means that relationally as a family, what we need to be willing and able to do is to both love each other when we're a mess and then do what Jesus did, which is to actually have the courage to speak to each other and challenge each other and encourage each other to higher way of living. Not just, well, you know, that's that person. They always complain. They're always worried, and it's just how they are. I love them anyway. That's not the love he's talking about. What he's talking about is, man, there's somebody here within this family that God's making that worries all the time, and you know that, than to have the courage like Jesus did to address it with truth and say, did you know that Jesus tells us in Matthew, don't worry? Literally a command, don't worry. Did you know he repeats it in Philippians? He says, don't worry, don't be anxious for anything. But with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your request known to God, and then the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And to have the courage to speak to and to challenge each other to live at a higher level, to teach each other, to walk with each other, and to help each other to grow. Well, that's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to challenge someone else. Well, first of all, it needs to be done in love, but if you're doing it in love... A lot of times it's still not comfortable. It's much more easy just to let everything go. But the cross wasn't comfortable. And so Jesus did uncomfortable things in order to help us. And he calls us to do uncomfortable things to help each other. That doesn't mean running around judging each other, nitpicking each other, watching each other. But it means being real enough with each other to know. Like, bro, I saw the way that you were like, chewing your kid out over there, and I just, look, let's talk, man. Let's get some fathering skills. Let's work on this. Man, I know you and your wife aren't talking anymore. Instead of hiding it and putting on a face at church, let's talk, man. How, how do we work through this and build up to challenge and encourage and be transparent and build each other up so that we can all grow, we can all bear fruit, and it also means being willing to receive it back. 
right? Well, I'm great at telling people what they could do better. I'm so good at it. In fact, I would like a position at the church where that is my job description. Just give me the call sheet. I'll call them all. Hopefully on Zoom so I can see their face when I tear them up. That's not what it's talking about. What we're talking about is in real relationship, you challenge and encourage and build each other up. There's accountability there. There's work there. And we have to be willing to get into life that much with each other in order to love each other the way that God's talking about. And to be able to trust those relationships enough to know that, you know what, if, if, I, if I talk to this person about what I'm going through, they're not going to throw me out, but they're going to work with me on it. And you know what, if that person's coming to me because they're seeing something that, man, maybe I need to, that I need to address, it's because they love me, not because they're trying to tear me down. And then once I've connected with them on it, guess what? I'm willing to walk them out of it. I had a guy at 12 a.m., I could call him at 12 a.m. and say, man, I'm either heading to a bar or I'm heading to your house. And he's like, come to my house. I'm getting out of bed right now. I'm putting my jammies on. Being willing not just to point out things or to say, hey, you know, I see an area here, but to say, you know, I'm willing to be part of the solution and to plug in and helping to walk with you. There's a lot of work involved in that. It's not online church. And it's not just pop in, pop out church. It's church where you come together and you really, truly do life and you lift each other up and you love each other and care for each other. That's what God's calling us to. That's what God's calling us to. Well, if I get too close to that person, then it's going to look like I'm involved and then that's my shame and that's my issue. And do you know what? Jesus took on our shame and our issue and he's willing to do that. Because I started telling people about Jesus when I was still... Not somebody that reflected Jesus really at all. I go, well, that's what, that's what it's like to, or I don't want that. But he still let me take his name and then grow. People we hang out with say, oh, I don't know if I should hang out because they're not mature. They still got issues. Well, that's the point. That we love and we build and we grow and we do this together. John 15, 11, he says, these things I have spoken to you. This is going back a couple of verses. We're going to end on this. It says that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. When you have real relationship, real transparency, real vulnerability, and a real commitment to each other, that's where joy starts to come out. Because all of the facade, I can just be me. I can come here. Doesn't mean you just have to accept me exactly like I am and never change me. Because you know what? I have a mood. I'm the person that's always in a mood. And I always am rude, but that's me. No, it means this is who I am, and I'm willing for you to help me, and I'm willing to help you. Let's do this together. Let's do this together. And people need a place to do that. They need a place to do that. They need a place to come and grow together as a family, as individuals, from wherever they are to wherever God's wanting to take them and not feel like, well, once I get everything just right, I'll go show up. Because it won't happen. Because it happens in the context of community, and God uses each other that way. Amen? All right, I'm going to pray. We'll close this up. There is food and fellowship stuff over there. And I just want you to, what I want you to take out of this word is just understand this is a safe place to be vulnerable with others, to speak to others, and to grow. Okay? It is okay if your life isn't perfect. It's okay. Mine's not. We're just doing this together. We're going to walk this out together. We're going to grow this together. Amen?
Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the example, Lord, set by Jesus. Lord, help us to have a desire and a passion, God, to grow. Lord, if we're crawlers, Lord, teach us to walk. God, if we're walkers, teach us to run. God, if we're runners, teach us to carry others, to help pick them up, God. But, Lord, we want to grow to be more like you, God. So we thank you for that. I pray that you would, Lord, just bring, God, just some areas to mind in people's lives, Lord, where maybe they can get accountability and growth, Lord, or others that maybe they have uh, seen, Lord, in a struggle. God, give them the, the compassion, Lord, not just to observe their struggle, but to go help them in it. Lord, to go help lift their burden, to carry their burden, and to encourage them. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for being here. Stick around, make some friends. Everybody's welcome. So there's coffee and stuff over there and some snacks. And just stick around and get to know somebody. We love you. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.